Hey, folks, welcome to Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. And Carlos, um, God, it's good to be back with you. Th- these weeks, they go by quickly. You know, I get a little sad when we get done recording. I know I'm not going to, we might text here and there. I know I'm not going to hear your voice. And I get a little melancholy, you know, and plus it's the winter and it's that time of the year anyway. So, uh, you know, it's really good to see you, man. You're, you're becoming my therapist here. <laughs> Free of charge, too, at the right price. Oh, I appreciate I appreciate that. Yeah, you're right. The price the, the price is great. Look, man, uh, I, th- I think we're going to talk about a couple of subjects here that uh, God can we can we ever talk about enough? I, I, I you know no, I don't know. No. I mean, when you mention the name Matthew Stafford and then the name Jim Jim Harbaugh, right? I mean, what what, what do you <laughs> what, what do you conjure up? In fact, I want to read a, a text that I got yesterday from a former colleague. Uh, I, I'm tempted to protect his anonymity, but I'm not gonna. His name is David Zeman. He was a great, great editor at the Free Press for a long time. He's the editor of Bridge Magazine. Anyway, he's a huge sports fan, and he texted me yesterday. He's got a little bit of snark in him. He's like you, right, Carlos? A little, I have little no skepticism. No. So I, no. I get a text. I get a text yesterday. It says, uh, "How much do I have to pay not to see another story on how Stafford mentioned Detroit?" <laughs> oh, Zeman is now my favorite. Former colleague and, and reader, yes, awesome. And so my response Applause. was, he, he sent that to me as I was writing a Stafford column, literally. So I said, <laughs> writing a writing a Stafford column now, sorry. And then he wrote, oops. But, you know, right? <laughs> well, I mean, what's his point? What, do you, what is he getting at? What do you think he's getting at? What is that? He, he's anti-sentiment. Uh, he doesn't like sentimentality, right? You know, he thinks sometimes we get lost in the same storyline over and over. He's like, yeah, well, yep. we, we get it. You know, Stafford loved Detroit, that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Right. He just right. Get, he, he's just getting sick of it. But uh, I was curious. I wanted to start there because Stafford's obviously about to play in the Super Bowl. And uh, we will get to Jim Harbaugh in a bit. We're going we're gonna, to you know, get into Stafford here and the Lions a little bit. Let me just set this up real quickly too, Carlos. How many – so many players, so many, excuse me, former teammates of his, former Lions, have been – all over the airwaves and all over print these last couple of, in a week and a half or so, talking about how they're living vicariously through him in this run. And it's really been sort of, uh, it's really been sort of interesting. So we're going to get into that, but I, but I just, uh, I want you to tee off on this, this text from our former bud, was well, our current bud, but former, former our colleague Zeman. Is it too much, first of all? Yes, it is. You know, the, the, the reason, you know, and uh, I, I'm going to touch on this in, in one of the, forthcoming uh, columns that I'm writing um, uh, about Stafford in the Super Bowl is that it's the this is as as we know in the business uh, these are layups um, it's very easy to get a former player to talk glowingly about his uh, you know former teammate who's in the Super Bowl it's kumbaya it's everybody's happy uh, it's simple it's easy you know it's not it's not to say that it's not true that they don't feel good for Stafford. Um, but it's hard to admit that there is some professional jealousy. You know, Sean, when I win the Pulitzer Prize and someone interviews you, I'm sure it's going to be, oh, I'm happy for Carlos. But you will say it really t- through gnashed teeth to your wife. You will grudge, hold that against me. It'll be a grudge and it'll be tough because it's like, oh, why didn't that happen to me? No, and the way not everybody whole, thinks like that, dude. That's you. Well, a lot of people do. A lot of people think that you know, and if you look at Stafford and the way everything has just the stars have aligned, he's joined this, you know, dream team Rams team that they've just gone all in. Um, it's it's still not to say that they're not happy for him. But yeah, and everything. Let's let's remember this about all these glowing questions. 
for the most part, on some on Twitter, people just jumped on Twitter, former teammates. But for the most part, people have sought out those comments. They've called or talked to or engaged with his former teammates. And boy, what do you think of Stafford going to the Super Bowl? Are you happy for him? What are they going to say? No. They're going to say, yeah, that's great. You know, he was a good guy, worked hard, you know, good teammate. So, but it's 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 been a lot. I totally agree with Zeman. Well, I mean, yeah, and I'm sure there are some folks that get sick of it, but I just don't. It's it's. I, we talked about this last week or the week before. I can't remember. I still think it's unique to Detroit and this Lions uh, organization and the one playoff win in 60 years or whatever. It's just a uniquely Detroit thing, and it's not just with the fans. I don't know about most of whom, but an awful lot of whom are also living vicariously through Stafford and feel like you know it's it's funny. I've seen some videos that are made on TikTok and other parts of social media. Nash, you know, from national folks that have fun with the NFL, and they perceive the Detroit Lions fans as thinking their team's in the Super Bowl, right? So it's not just it's not just here. That perception's out there, and you never. I mean, when have we ever seen that with any other fan base? It's just it's crazy. One of the quotes, though, from one of the former players, Rob Sims, who was a, an offensive lineman and who blocked for Stafford for a while. Uh, said this, this is what he said, Carlos, and I think this is really the key right here. He said, and, and I used this in my column uh, when I wrote about it. He said, "It's it's just good for us seeing somebody that came from where we came from to go to that next level and prove it." The key clause in there is seeing somebody that came from where we came from. That's almost like saying where we came from, like a junior college. You know what I mean? <laughs> or some Division three school, or just. The, the, the way he's describing <laughs> that Lions experience, you never hear that. And, and that's, what, that's the core of this. Yeah, you, you, okay, fine. You know, you, your Pulitzer analogy, I mean, I, I would be thrilled for you. We had a colleague. Now you wouldn't. Yes, I would. We had a colleague who won one, and I remember people getting teary-eyed in the newsroom and jumping up and down and all that. that that's how that goes. That's how that goes for most normal, not normal, but most healthy people. How about that? Most good good people like yourself, Sean. I don't just, want to say good say people. No, good people that actually have friends and care about those friends. I would be uh, thrilled for you. you know well, it's I mean? a little different. It's different because you know when when Elric and uh, and Schaefer and these guys and Ashenfelter and all these guys won. They, we were colleagues. We were at the. It's like we were on the same team. So it wasn't. It's like if you worked with somebody at the you know Podunk Times and then they went on to work for the New York Times and they won it. You know, it'd be like, whoa, isn't their life amazing? It'd be a little tough to swallow if you're still at the podium. Not really. Not not if you just worry about yourself and, and, you know, just try to try to accept that. But anyway, let's just get back to this point, because where we came from, where we came from, get get into the psychology, please, for me and for our listeners, where we came from. What the heck? Well, you know, Rob was there with with you know he's he's buddies with Calvin and they have that they're part of the cannabis uh, uh, you know dispensary business that they have. I've known Rob for a long time. I've known Calvin and and you know they they are good people. I totally I totally believe what he's saying because through their experience of getting close and having some good teams, but struggling mostly um, to have somebody go on and you know find the right team, the right chemistry and get to this point is great you know whether it's Stafford or anybody else they would be saying it about anybody else and I don't I think that you know Stafford definitely gets the attention because he's the quarterback but if it was Darius Slay if it was Quandry Diggs if it was you know uh, Larry Warford if it was other guys you know Grand Glasgow if it was other guys that were popular in the locker room who worked hard did the right thing like Stafford 
um, they'd be cheering for them just as well. Just Stafford gets a lot of attention. We wouldn't be, if Slay was in the Super Bowl, we wouldn't be calling around and talking to players and asking them, doing story after story about Darius Slay, you know, being traded away. And now, you know, um, but for Stafford, it's it's different. Um, but he's right. I mean, it because, was, go ahead. No, I was just going to say real quickly, because Slay, Slay didn't get the blame for the team not winning. Stafford did, and that's the difference with the quarterback, right? Fair or not. It is, but they get but they get the credit for them winning too. They so do. They get no, wins they get and losses. They, they, yeah. they get both. But just this idea of where we came from, it's almost like, they didn't think they were in the NFL. I mean, obviously they know they did, but oh right? no, 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 no. no. But that's what. The, but that's part of the, what that is. Like they're in purgatory in some way. Where we came from. It reminded me. It reminds me a little bit. But you're right to your point about if one of us climbs out and makes it out, and by one of us I mean anybody on the planet that's it, it, in a, a community or whatever kind of group. Remember the video footage, or maybe you don't. But uh, there was a swimmer, maybe from Alaska, some some really really remote place. And that got to the Olympics and maybe won a medal or won gold. I can't remember. And there was a video of the whole town crammed into the high school, maybe in the cafeteria or the gym or something. And they were going crazy because, right? You know, maybe there's some others. Now, Carlos, you wouldn't have been. You would have been sitting in the corner under the bleachers, probably not cheering at all because you <laughs> swam too and you didn't get to the Olympics and you were like, <laughs> screw that. <laughs> no, no, no just, my my. My favorite was when Rulon Gardner, when uh, when he beat Carolyn, the huge favorite in the heavyweight division. Rulon Gardner, a wrestler, listener. Yeah, that was the ultimate, you know, underdog victory. And you know, his. I remember stories about his town, and the, I forget where he was from, Montana, Iowa. I don't know, somewhere. I'm not going, but he 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 just was like the the biggest thing in the town, and people gathered, and I think it was his high school gym to watch the the match and the matches as he went through. But yeah, absolutely. You cheer for those kind of people who, but the difference is Stafford is not exactly some plucky little quarterback no, who's never gotten not. a payday. You know, I mean, come on, he's finally made good on all the promises. It only took him thirteen years, but he's finally done it with the right mix of help. But, the, but that's what. But well, you, when you say I look at that the opposite, only took him thirteen years. To me, that's what makes it an even better story when it does take that long. John Elway finally got the Super Bowl. How many years in? Oh no, no, 13, don't compare. Was, don't compare. No, don't compare. John I'm not Elway. comparing their talent. I'm saying part of what made Elway's story so um, <clears throat> compelling at the time. And by the way, he didn't throw nearly as much when he won those Super Bowls because they had the best running back in the league in Terrell Davis. But I think I think just as an aside with the length that makes this fun. But just getting back to this idea of going through something with somebody, you know, the the, the swimming analogy is not perfect. It's it's or the the Pulitzer analogy is not perfect. I think, to be honest with you, and this isn't a perfect analogy either. But it's this idea, to me, Carlos, when you go through something uh, with somebody that's difficult and that's painful, and let's let's be frank, right. There was a lot of misery there, and that kind of losing year after year. I know you're right; they had a couple of years here and there, but for the most part, that kind of losing and the way people think about you and the way you're perceived it wears on you. People think, "Oh, yeah, they make money, whatever. You know, they got these great lives." And in a lot of ways, they do. But the human, the human part of that, and you suffer through that and you endure through that together. I think that's partly what the where we came from means. That in any part of life, when you go through something that's really difficult, I don't want to compare it to a, a group of soldiers, but it's a similar psychology, right? I mean, there, n- nobody was fighting for their life, obviously, but the psychology is a little bit similar, and I think that's what we're seeing play out in a way that I can't remember in any recent Super Bowl the last 20 years. 
Yeah, I mean, for sure that that it's, you know, going through that struggle together and, you know, you know, being in those NFL lot, the NFL locker room is really a unique place in, in sports culture, in our sports culture, because they're these guys. I mean, they are, you know, they're just these. I don't know how they get. I mean, uh, medication and treatment and all that, you know, does wonders. But, man, these guys go through battering ram after battering ram. And it's it's a brutal, brutal season. And, and like you said, Sean, I mean, even though they get paid a lot of money, you just see it on their faces when you're on a losing team year after year. And all you have to do is talk about losing and un- understanding and still motivate yourself to get ready to go get into, you know, as they say, like 30 car crashes, you know, a, a game every Sunday. Um, it's hard, you know, and, and Rob Sims, as an offensive lineman, he would have been the guy picking Stafford up off the floor when he's getting hit, when he's standing in the pocket, when he's whatever. You know, he's one of those guys putting the hand out to, to help him up. He knows what Stafford went through. So absolutely, you're right that it is it is a very, uh, you know, a, a bunch of guys difficult situation duress um and it's good i mean they, i'm sure everybody stafford was well liked and respected in that locker room by just about everybody um so I, i'm sure everybody's cheering for him at this point that you know yeah whether and it would have been other teammates as well but stafford you know it's it's good for it's good for his teammates to see that and maybe maybe it encourages other players now to think hey on the lines now like hey man if stafford did it after 12 years of losing, maybe we can endure a few, a few more years of losing in this rebuild, and maybe we'll actually like come out on the other end, either with this team or, or moving forward. But it'll motivate people, hopefully. Well, yeah, that, that, and that's a, that's a good point. It's an interesting point, too. But I think when you watch some of these teammates, and you're right, you know, most of them are going to trash me. When you watch some of the – there's a couple thoughts here. First, when you watch some of these teammates and you look at this, like Calvin Johnson, the way he was chuckling – there's a, and I've seen a, you know Orlovsky whatever Dan Orlovsky the analyst for ESPN uh, backup quarterback uh, that's a different deal right the, he he's he, exactly your reaction there but some of these other folks just the the the, the I think you use this word in my column but the, the giddiness you can see it I'm like God this is just it's beyond what you normally say oh yeah he was a great teammate the other thing that helped him too Carlos and I think I'd be curious what you think is what used to frustrate us as reporters when we were in those locker rooms right when we would get in the scrums around the, around Stafford's locker every week or whatever, uh, or when he would, you know, take the podium after the games, he, he, he would say nothing. Right. And he was usually pretty quick to say, yeah, that was a bad throw. That was my fault. And if, and if they won a game, which wasn't all that often, obviously he was very, very, very quick to um, say, well, yeah, we did this, or that was drawn up well, or the so-and-so made a great catch. And year after year after year, he did that. And we would just like, God, man, just say what's on your mind, right? And um, But at the same time, that played out really well in the locker room. If he had complained, you know, I don't think we'd be seeing a reaction at all, what we're seeing right now. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know the psychology behind Stafford exactly why he didn't say more. And I, I, think, that, I think that if he had said a few more things that were a little bit more honest – a little bit more, you know, brutally honest or forthright. I think it might have, you know, uh, not only maybe helped him in the locker room a little bit, but uh, gotten people behind him a little bit more as one of these sort of field general, you know, players. That's the one thing with Stafford that kind of wasn't there, that Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees guy. Um 
you know, and, and he did everything. He did he did the safe thing. He always made the safe choice, you know, and that was as a reporter that frustrated me. But I think as a fan, too, you know, he never said anything very meaningful. Um, it's not until this season and late in the season that he's finally started saying some kind of interesting things. Um, but it's, you know, he just I think he knew that um, there's two things. I think he knew it wasn't going to help him to say anything you know, controversial or, or brutally honest, you know? And the other thing is, I think he, I think he, his relationship with reporters got off to the wrong start because he was hurt his first couple of years. And, you know, we, one of his teammates called him, you know, uh, a China doll, you know, though he had the injury prone label on him. I think that probably bothered him. And we obviously wrote about it and talked about it. And I don't know if that I never I never was able to get close enough to Stafford as much as I tried to understand the the way that I talked to Calvin Johnson and understood why he was a little bit cool to the media. He finally opened up about it later and he opened up more to hit to, to reporters and stuff later in his career. But he explained it. And Stafford has always been very at arm's length. No one has a relationship with him in the media. You've never seen one meaningful story written about him uh, or profile. I saw one a few years ago. Mike Rosenberg did a good job no. uh, for Sports no. Illustrated. It was it ago. was not it was not in you you learned nothing about Stafford. It was a bunch of like, hey, this is who this guy is. It's nothing. It was the same going over the same stuff that he works hard and his family and he, you know, he's still engaged. He's still, it, there's nothing that you know about him as a person that you learned of his motivation. And, who, you know, um, it was a good story. Obviously Mitch wrote a really good story on his, on Stafford's way out, but that was all very self-serving on Stafford's part of, I'm explaining why I'm doing this, you know, and he cast himself in, in the best light. And, you know, that was the story. Um, but you've never really understood anything about this dude, anything meaningful about this guy, what motivates him, what frustrates him, what, what, does he have grudges, does he, you know, someone who doesn't talk to the media and has no relationship when he's in one town for 12 years, and he's the quarterback of the team, that's really odd, and he never, but he was like, blank, it was. Brady didn't say squad either, the reason we think about, sorry to interrupt, the reason we think about it that way with Brady is because he's mic'd up on the big stage every January, Right. That's why we think of Brady the way we do. Not to mention all the documentaries and all you know, people talking to, to people that know him really well. We've never there's no, been no reason to do that with Stafford. Stafford's never been mic'd up in a playoff game before, or or at least uh, you know a, he was a divisional he was divisional the, he, playoff he was game. in the Dallas game. But but beyond that, I mean, when you just win a lot, you don't have to. You know, if you win all the time, you know your 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 actions speak for you. You don't have to when you don't. Well, you don't have to if you lose all the time. No, right? you should. You 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 need to be accountable in some way more than just. Oh, we did the right thing. Credit to the teammates. We work hard. Good play. Oh, we lost. It was tough. We're gonna work hard. We're on to the next team. He would not be in this. I would. I don't think he'd be in the spot. First of all, I'm not sure the Rams were one of them if he'd run his mouth for 12 years and not produced. I mean, nobody wants that. I'm not saying run right. your mouth. The, I'm not saying you have to run. And your then mouth. the fans. Uh, and then the fans. I mean, excuse me. The, the the players. Maybe maybe the maybe they saw just enough of an edge, but. You know, I saw a couple of quotes this last week from people that said they they appreciated that he never complained because he he just got up there and took the blame. He didn't just right? take the blame, I mean, he, and he he I mean he didn't complain, but he also didn't say anything. He didn't say anything, right? And, and and by omission, that's taking the blame, right? I mean, no. he didn't deflect. He didn't. It is 
That's but that's how it's perceived, and that's what matters. It's how it's perceived by the by your teammates. You you I know you play golf. It's not a team sport, but surely what about baseball? You you've played some kind of team sport, right? Uh, you don't want your teammates I, running their mouth or going to the coach saying, you know, Carlos over there didn't didn't get down low enough on that grounder. What is he doing? He's screwing us. No, no, I don't. Right? I, I don't expect that. I mean, what I expect is a team thing where, hey, if we're you know for the third straight week. Our, you know, red zone offense has sucked. And why has that sucked? And why has, why can't, you know, what is it? Because because we don't know. I mean, I remember one of the times a, lo- a few years ago, one of the running, you know, rookie running backs uh, was running the wrong play. And Taylor Decker actually said, you know, well, when your running back's going rogue, it's hard to like, you know, get into the end zone or whatever it was. He didn't call the guy out, but everybody knew what he was talking about. You know, I'm not saying that that's what you have to do necessarily, but you got to point to the obvious. When we know that there's a problem with the tight end or the the blocking or something, you know, uh, you know, people would rather hear the obvious of, yeah, we have a problem with our blocking. We got to get that cleaned up or whatever, and we'll work on it, blah, blah, blah. But just to say, oh, yeah, we, we just got to get everybody's just got to get better. We're, we're, we're working hard. I believe in our guys. You know, it's just like, all but right. But that's all Brady ever said every Sunday, right? The difference is. And I think this is what you're, to your point about the fans, and then I know we got to wrap this up. But the, to, to me, the difference is Brady was throwing his helmet on the sideline, right? And you could even when he wasn't mic'd up, you could see him screaming at his guys, right? Right? You know, and and it's only been these last couple of years when he's been mic'd up a lot more, and he's loosened up with the media, and you, you or to do the documentaries come out, and you can see him at a boy and his guys too. So you get both. But Stafford. The, yes, I think that's what the fans wanted. Maybe sure they would have liked him to vent on uh, on a, in a post game on Sunday, but what they really wanted, I think, is for him to throw that damn helmet, right, and stomp up and down the sidelines saying, "What the heck is going on?" Right? They, I mean, that's what you, you want. You want a little bit of that. You want a little bit of the mirroring of it. And 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 you know the 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 inside part of this, Sean, is as insiders that you and I are is. We we're in those locker rooms. I've been in locker rooms for other teams. I've talked to other reporters. You know, Philip Rivers was a guy with the Charger for a long time. Who he was also emotional on the sidelines, and he'd be he'd be yes. not only ex- like yelling at some of his teammates, but also like championing them and patting them on the back. And that that was good to see. <clears throat> that doesn't necessarily mean any that much. But a guy like Drew Brees in the locker room, you would see him. I was in the locker room seeing him talking to other players, talking to defensive players, talking to his own receivers. I never saw that from Stafford. I never saw him go up to another teammate like a receiver and talk about routes. And that's not to say he didn't do it somewhere in a meeting room or whatever. But gosh, over 12 years and being in the locker room three times, four times a week to never see him do that. He probably never did it, I'm guessing. Um, you know, where there's an issue, let's talk about it, let's whatever. I never saw that closeness of bringing guys in. Um, now he may have done it, to be fair, just out of eyesight. But Well, and he was doing it in the offseason for sure, right? Well, I mean, not, he, he not, stories all the- not until late in his career did he start throwing in the offseason. As he got a little older. yeah. As he, he got did, older he and smarter, so. But, you know. Hey, well, listen, this is the problem with Stafford for us. I mean, here not the problem, but here we are. This is the longest we've ever gone in the history of this podcast without taking a break. <laughs> so this is what he does. He he pretzels us. We, we we get confused. We don't know what to think, you know? There's going to be – a- He's the ultimate Rorschach test. Yeah, and he's, he's going to – There's some stat. There's going to be some – You know, those four quarter – fourth quarter comeback stats. He's going to get some stat for longest podcast segment or something now. He's going to get credit for that. 
Oh yeah, yeah. God, our, our narcissism and egos are just no no bounds today. <laughs> well, we we do need to we do need to take a break because we do have to get back to the other subject, right? That we could go on and on about in Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> and uh, I'd be curious to hear what you say about that when we come back. Hello, I'm Phil Friend, the host and producer of Spartan Speak, a podcast collaboration between the Detroit Free Press and Lansing State Journal focusing on Michigan State sports. Each week, I'm joined by the OGs of the MSU podcasting game, freak beat writer Chris Slarry and LSJ sports columnist Graham Couch, as we discuss and dissect the latest sports news coming out of East Lansing. Not only is Spartan Speak one of, if not the longest-running MSU sports podcast out there, you won't find a show with two people as clued into the Spartans as Chris and Graham, each of whom have spent a decade-plus covering MSU and bring years of institutional knowledge and insight to the podcast. And once in a while, they'll let me throw out a take as well. Along with discussing the latest news, we'll break down the Spartans' last game in the hardwood and the gridiron. What went right? What went wrong? Jet sweep. Again? For both Mel Tucker and Tom Izzo, get you ready for the next game, make predictions, and so much more. We can also guarantee at least one reference to Kalamazoo every podcast. So if you haven't already, download, subscribe, and listen to Spartan Speak on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or on your podcast app of choice. Welcome back to Free Press Sports with... Did, did I say that right? Damn it. I haven't messed that up in a while, have I, Tad? <laughs> What's our podcast called? Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean, right? Welcome back to Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. Uh, Carlos, I have a question for you. So Jim Harbaugh goes to Minnesota and interviews. Do you think he didn't get the job because he thinks the chickens are nervous birds and he <laughs> likes white meat? Uh, I think he didn't get it because he insulted uh, Mark Wilf's wife's hot dish. He just said that it was a little bit... Uh, Flavorless, overcooked, overcooked, flavorless, and he doesn't overcooked. like the color purple either. So, well, if you like if you like chicken breasts, God, I hate to alienate anybody out there who who takes the time to listen to us, which we're grateful <laughs> for. But if you like white meat, do you think that says a little something about you, <laughs> at least in terms of your food? Yeah, it says you're healthy. That's what it says. Is that what it says? Yeah. Well, if, if you want to be healthy, just don't eat chicken. <laughs> what are you supposed to you eat? I mean? Beans, garbanzo beans. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Put them in a food processor with a little olive oil well, and spread it well, on you know toast. What? The, it's called hummus. The problem, the problem with the vegan stuff, and my my brother in law is a vegetarian, and my you know, it's great. But the problem is, it's hard to get a lot of protein. I mean, they pack that stuff with with so much kind of fat and and carbs and stuff. It's really hard to eat healthy when you're not eating a meat based you know protein diet. Well, Jim Harbaugh lost some weight, so he you know, this past season, right? You know, he did he got in a workout? He did. He did. That was a that was a big story. Last, uh, I want to say, late last summer before the season. Okay, I, I think that's about right. Back in August, I don't know everything. Big story. He does okay, big, all right. Everything he not maybe not a national story, but everything, almost everything he does turns into some kind of story. And here we are, <laughs> here we are talking about him again, right? I mean, that's it's it's to your point. Uh, you were you know, we had an off off the air conversation. You were talking about how he's good for business, right? And how interesting he is. Um, in any case, did, did it surprise you? And I know you wrote you wrote a really good column. When did that drop? Saturday, last Saturday, something like that. I think so. Yeah, a really good column about that he belonged in Michigan. He didn't belong back in the NFL because you know his Super Bowl run and three straight title games in the conference championship, uh, you know, weren't enough. But uh, in any in any case, it, it, why don't you expand on what you you wrote? Why you think he belonged uh, belongs at Michigan and not the NFL? Well, I think that he's he's a unique case in college football where you know he was. 
he he just he just he is Michigan, you know. I mean, born and bred, not born and bred, but he grew up here. Went to Pioneer High School, played for Shem Beckler, was a quarterback, went to the end, you know, all this stuff. I mean, his destiny has always seemed to point to coming back to to Michigan, um, you know, and especially with all the struggles with their coaching hires, you know, since Lloyd Carr. Um, you know, I think that's what everybody hoped is that the the hero would be coming home, you know, and he just didn't achieve the level of success that people hoped he would and that he was expected to and getting paid to do. Um, being in the NFL, just being another Super Bowl coach, whatever, you know, I mean, he said he told Mitch, you know, that really good column, you know, talked to Harbaugh, you know, after he came back and you know, said, I, I just had to scratch that. I had that itch of wanting to win a Super Bowl or whatever. I, I believe that he wants to win a Super Bowl. But, you know, if he leads Michigan to to the national championship game, if he wins one, if he's if he makes them really relevant again on the national stage, you know, consistently, that's what his legacy is going to be. Not taking the 49ers to the Super Bowl, you know, losing. I mean, you know, the 49ers used to have a pretty good coach named Bill Walsh who, you know, did a lot of stuff there. Um, he's not going to be Bill Walsh. He may not even be George Seifert. So, uh, you know, that's not that's not where his legacy is. He belongs here. He started something. We want to see it continue. Who doesn't want to see, even if you hate Harbaugh, you want to see either him take it in the teeth. Now that he lost his assistants, his top assistants, his coordinators, you know, how is he going to do it? You know, it's just a fluke. Or is he going to make good on this? And no, this is the beginning of something huge with Tucker against Ohio State, all this stuff. It's exciting. Going to the NFL or the Vikings, ugh, a rebuild. You're in the NFC North. You've got Kirk Cousins. It's just, eh, I don't, I'm not excited about that. So why do you think he's at Michigan? Because he want to stay there? Because the Vikings didn't offer him a job. Because it went, or, or somehow went sideways during that long interview process. Uh, I think that I think that there's, you know, something be, something Harbaugh is a, a unique guy. And if the Vikings were stupid enough not to vet him correctly and like understand who is this guy, what makes him tick? And it's hard to it's hard to understand Harbaugh if you've never met him and dealt with him. But you never know the level of a detachedness from NFL owners who are like they sometimes think they're kings or whatever. And if they didn't really understand, if they thought, oh, he's just one of the, he's our maybe preferred candidate, but just a candidate. We're going to talk to him and vet him. And he's like, I'm Jim Harbaugh, damn it. You know, I've been to a Super Bowl and I just got to the CFP and maybe he felt a little bit more entitled. Who knows? But I think they talked about responsibilities. You know, if I don't know if they talked contract or money, term, whatever it was, Link, but he he may have seen that he wasn't going to have roster control. You know, and that may have surprised them because that was a problem in San Francisco. And that's the problem in the NFL for coaches when they don't have roster control. Who do they answer to? The chain of command. So something didn't jibe there, probably on both sides. But the Vikings probably didn't get a great sense um, of this guy. And it just, they, it probably wasn't there. Neither side probably felt like this is going to be the fit here. And... It was probably it's best, I think, that it didn't work out. But I think there was some some, uh, you know, t- uh, uh, cold feet on both sides, probably. Well, I know we talked about this a little bit last week, and I don't want to keep down that particular part of this story. But but now that you had a little bit of time to reflect and here we are, you know, four or five days, almost a week by the time uh, the listeners hear this, so almost a week removed from this. Not quite. Uh, do you do you buy into this idea, this notion that he's got a lot of damage control, he's got a lot to repair? You know, obviously Mike McDonald 
the um, defensive coordinator was leaving anyway, uh, who you know coached uh, was what a linebackers coach I think under under John Harbaugh of Baltimore. So he went back to Baltimore as a defensive coordinator, um, and then he lost Josh Gaddis, who was his off- offensive coordinator. Uh, this was after he had announced he was going to stay in Michigan, right? Or after the school did whatever. Um, who went to University of Miami to be their offensive coordinator, which, and then kind of it came out that Gaddis had sent a text to some of the players, basically saying he didn't feel appreciated, didn't feel like he was wanted. And by the way, hey, this is a great life lesson. Don't stay where you're not wanted. He mentioned the administration, so it was a little unclear whether that was actually directed at Harbaugh. Maybe he couldn't. Maybe there was not enough communication with Harbaugh. Like, hey, what are you doing? He's out there. You're gonna you're gonna leave if you get the offer or not. He probably assumed he would. And then maybe he's going to Ward Manuel, the athletic director, other people saying, okay, well, what's our future if he's going to leave? Are you going to clean house? Do I need to go look for a job? So maybe that was some of the frustration Gaddis felt. I, I'm just curious, first of all, about Gaddis. What, what do you think of how that played out? Um, that was a surprise, I thought. Um, you know, and I think I read something that had something to do with Wink Martindale as well. Uh, you know, leave. The game show host? Uh, no, it was, I'm sorry. Who was it? It was Martindale. One of the assistant coaches. Um, was it Martindale? That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's okay. There, th- there's probably a lot more involved in, you know, just, I don't like Jim Harbaugh or something. Maybe he doesn't feel appreciated by Harbaugh. Maybe it's a lot of different factors. Um, you know, and that's, I think Harbaugh's gone through a lot of coaches. He's gone through several coordinators, you know. Um, so I don't think that's anything new. I mean, I think my, the Mike McDonald one was disappointing because he seemed to really work wonders with that defense and get so much out of it. Um, that may be harder to replace. But hey, man, if you if you if you do well, you're going to lose your guys. You know, that's just a fact in football and NFL in college, whatever um, success leads to opportunities. So you can't keep guys forever. Um, you know, and maybe it was a money thing. Maybe they knew they weren't going to get raises or what they wanted. Supposedly Harbaugh had a contract, you know, on the table from Ward Manuel, but maybe he, it wasn't what he had hoped. Maybe that led to him wanting to pursue the Vikings job, either as leverage or just as a, you know, uh, I'll show you kind of a moment. Um, so you never know what all the background is of the administration. And by the way, there, there's chaos there with the president, you know, being not fired, but he's being dismissed in some way. Um, you know, all these different things. There's lots of moving parts. Um, but I don't know about damage moved- control. I mean, I don't know. Like it's because uh, y- some people think that. I mean, I'm not. I I don't. I don't. I think that's overblown a little bit. Right. I mean, I think you repair relationship. But go ahead. Sorry. No, I I think that you know he's gonna have he. This is the damage control talking to Mitch. You know, is is the damage control explaining that? Oh, I had an itch. I wanted to go see, but I'm not. I'm never gonna do it again. I'm I'm gonna be loyal. I'll never stray again. You know, all this stuff, right? Um, and you know, let's face it. I mean, no, nobody's nobody's naive anymore in college. I hope college football fans that it's a business. You know, people are out for themselves at the end of the day, and as much as you want to have success. Uh, in your job, you've got to look at your own opportunities. And, and like you said, John, I mean, go where you're, don't stay where you're not wanted. And if you somehow sometimes feel like you're not wanted, if your base pays cut in half, maybe you need to look at other opportunities. So I don't think you can really. That's why I'm looking for other podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> no, because te- I. Am. Well, you, we're not going to make Tad Davis money, that's for sure. So that's that's the problem. But no, no, no. But to your point, Ben, by the way, he's, he's made decisions pretty quickly, right? He just hired. Uh, a new defensive coordinator, Jesse Minter, from Vanderbilt, who I think has some ties to Baltimore. 
into that system a little bit. So maybe that was, a th- you know, that there'd be a little, I mean, obviously the personalities are probably going to be different and, and that sort of thing, but that, but that some of the, the overall schematic ideas won't change too much. So th- that was probably a, a smart move. Um, or at least conceivably, right? I mean, theoretically, it, it, it makes some sense. And then promote it within for the offensive side. So, right, with, with Sharon Brown and um, and I want to say Mike uh, Weiss, who's going to be kind of the co co offensive coordinator, maybe. I, th- I think I think the co is the title. I, I could be wrong, but um, but yeah, that was quick, right? That didn't take much time at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a great place to be. You know, I mean, he gave Gaddis an opportunity. I don't think he'd been a coordinator before in call play, so. Um, no, but he had been under Saban, right? And Saban kind of was giving everybody his blessing. Yeah. So, you know, it's you, you never know it's going to work out. And I think college college is a good breeding ground for, you know, if you do have promise and you're a young guy or maybe not even that young, um, you can work with talent. You know, you can you can it's it's where a lot of innovation happens. Uh, there's more freedom um, to explore who you want to be, what you want to be. Um, you know, and I think Gaddis even like, weren't he supposed to run some kind of crazy, amazing offense and he had to switch it up and go more with a ground and pound offense this season that, that worked. Yeah. Which is what Harbaugh kind of has always enjoyed. Right. I mean, he's always favored that wherever he's been and that you're right. That's how they won. I mean, they they won behind a, a, one of the best offensive lines they've had in a while and Hassan Haskins and a, a quarterback that mostly made good decisions and. You know, occasionally, occasionally throwing a ball. You remember the uproar the first month of the season when they were barely throwing the ball? Oh yeah, and people are like, "Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just." Where's McCarthy? And, and the, Get McCarthy in there. It, exactly. You know, of course, there'll be plenty of time to talk about that. That's going to be a really interesting decision, or maybe not. Well, what? Maybe not much of one at all. But I think uh, that's 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 a good thing to remember. All that crazy uproar over the passing game in September, and they end up at the college football playoff. And I would say the same with Harbaugh, sort of. He did more than Florida. He went and probably would be in Minnesota if that interview had gone the way both sides wanted it to go. He wouldn't be the coach here. But I don't think that's that big a deal to overcome. I really don't. I don't want to sound you know flippant or breezy or that his decisions don't affect people and real you know careers and all that and players and the psychology and all that. But he he's back committed now at least for a while. And they get into camp and they start winning. Their their schedule sets up pretty well, Carlos. Right. Yeah, nobody's going to think anything about it. Nobody's no. going to worry about Minnesota, right? No, because it's it's a done deal. It's 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 over and done with. It was you know everybody everybody on the planet you know right? the only question anybody's ever going to have was which side was the side that really backed out or was more uh, weary of the whole thing and not not so sure of it you know and and as you saw the two sides you know the the, the sources from the Vikings oh something was weird and whatever about Harbaugh and there was you know it was awkward and he, maybe he felt entitled and from Harbaugh's side it's like well you know uh, maybe it just wasn't the right fit or whatever um, you know so everybody's side everybody's trying to save face we'll never probably know the truth behind what happened exactly uh, into that in the afternoon into that interview process? But you're right; it's just going to be like, hey, it didn't happen. Uh, what's the point of going over it again? Um, and it's also because it, because it is the NFL, and it's not like he went to interview at whatever you know USC or something like that. That oh my god, are we going to lose? Are are we losing the Michigan coach to another Power Five team? You know how can that be? Or you know it's like the NFL is a different landscape. So I think fans are going to be able to put that behind them, you know, behind it pretty yeah, fast. Yeah, pe- people aren't going to be. So their schedule next year, they open up 
Four straight games at home. Colorado State, Hawaii, Connecticut, Maryland. And they're going to be 4-0. And then they go to Iowa that next game. So if they somehow – and, I, you know, Iowa is usually – it's not an easy place to play for sure, and they're always at least decent. I mean, shoot, they were in the college football playoff this, you know, a couple of months ago or a, month, a little over a month ago, whatever. But if they lose to Iowa, people are going to be going, God, why did he go to Minnesota and do that interview? That's why they lost today. That's not, you're right, that's not going to happen. No, no, no. They're, 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 what will weigh, I mean, you're talking, we're talking spring ball. You know, we're talking fall camp. So many things will have happened by the time the season gets going. They're like, what? what? Who did he interview with? Was it the Bears? Was it again? You know, like they won't even remember. Yeah, no, they won't. They won't. But uh, look. The only, the only good thing, the one thing I'm looking forward to, especially, do they, do they go to Minnesota by any chance? I don't think they go to Minnesota, do they? Oh, you mean? Uh, I, yeah, but are people really gonna are people really gonna make that leap there? I, you know. No, I mean, I just think it'd be hilarious. All the signs they're gonna have about him. Oh yeah, you know, right, like, right. Do you right. change your mind? And and I think the opposing fans will have at least the beginning. The you know the conference teams at the beginning when he goes on the road, they might have some fun. You know, dressing up in Vikings shirts and whatever, and so it might be fun. You could you could see a little bit of that maybe. You know, I don't know. You who yeah. who knows? Yeah, you're right. It's. College students get really creative that way. That's for sure. But uh, look, man, uh, we could we could talk about Harbaugh. I'm sure we will again at some point. We will definitely revisit Matthew Stafford next week because we're going to be able to talk a little bit more about his legacy and Hall of Fame candidacy and all that, depending on what happens Sunday, right? So, oh yeah, we'll be able to get it. We'll be able to we'll be able to stop psychoanalyzing Stafford and his relationship with this region and the fans and his former players, and actually talk about him on the football field after what happens on Sunday, right? So we'll do that next week. Yeah. Perfect. In, in the meantime, though, we should take a, another another quick break here, and uh, we will be back to wrap up the show with something that happened to you that was good this past week. I hope. Oh yeah. For our favorite thing. Sound good? Perfect. Okay. All right. We'll be right back. My name is Kerry Junior the Second. I'm a podcast producer and reporter with the Detroit Free Press, and now the host of Freep's new weekly podcast, On the Line. Our job is to understand the issues and the people that the issues affect in our state and region and tell the news. I want Detroiters, I want Michiganders, I want Metro Detroiters to hear themselves and maybe get a sense of peace in this podcast. Maybe not in the topics we're covering, but in the sense that we're the Detroit Free Press. And you can come here to know what's happening and trust that we're going to tell the truth, give you the facts and do it authentically. We're going to give you the voices that are in those areas, whether it be in Owasso, whether it be in Petoskey, whether it be in Birmingham, Warren, Gross Point, Southwest Detroit. You know, we're going to give you what it sounds like to be there. So every Friday in your feed, wherever you get your podcast, when you press play, we want this podcast to sound like home. We want it to sound like Michigan. We want it to sound like Detroit. And I think that's all I got. So let the journey begin. Welcome back to Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. Uh, this is the part of the show where we talk about our favorite thing. Um, I don't know. <laughs> you see, I'm really excited, by the way. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. No, I, I'm sorry. I've lost my enthusiasm here a little bit. I just, we just had a long break, and our producer, Tad Davis, who is, you know, a lovely human being and a lot smarter than we are, and obviously the person that makes this all happen, was talking about Formula One earlier, was talking about betting. He wants us to talk about <laughs> soccer, and I just, I, you know, I started looking out the window and started to fall asleep, frankly. So I lost a little bit of my enthusiasm. I thought you said you were going to jump uh, out the window, but you're probably on the first well, floor. Well, I so. should. I should. It's only about a two-foot fall, so I'd probably break my ankles. And 
and uh you know just lie out there in the snow until the hypothermia got me <laughs> which probably wouldn't be so bad i guess right no and you, you know what you Sean, know, you, then you we don't enough, have to talk about stafford and harbaugh anymore you have enough padding i think you'd get through the winter you'd be okay yeah but i don't have padding from the waist down i <laughs> It's just skinny little chicken legs, you know. <laughs> the, the, the padding, like like too many American men, the padding is it just is the proportions are not right. You know, I'm not, I'm not, you know what I mean. Well, it's dark meat at least, chicken legs. Yeah, chicken legs, thighs. I like thighs. I like I love legs for sure. I love chicken legs, <laughs> but thighs, thighs. You know, thighs are good too. Thighs are good too. So anyway, what's your uh, what's your favorite thing, my man? Hey, Our, it's it's that time of the show. I the, I'm excited this week about my favorite thing because it really was one of my favorite things in a long time was um so my wife and i we had a 20th wedding anniversary a couple months ago and congratulations thank you thank you and um as mick would mick mckay would say my first wife and i had our uh, uh 20th wedding anniversary we didn't celebrate it because the stupid pandemic and this and that we don't want to go anywhere and do you know all this stuff we had all these plans but we we had to shelve them plus you don't like to celebrate Dude, I love to celebrate. I'm a party animal. I mean anything. And no, 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 no. When it's about me, I love it. You know that, Sean. Come on, man. It's about me. I love to celebrate. Hence, hence, hence your good friend went in a Pulitzer and you'd be like, well, okay. <laughs> yeah. No. But you know, to you, heck with them. You know what? By I'm the way. I'm not going to cuss. I'm not going to cuss. Everybody. Although, Anjanette, you know, you know, that's not <gasps> fair, Anjanette. Come on. That's a late mention for Anjanette. She's not going to be happy. Um, it is. So one, by the way, one thing, birthday, I don't have a birthday anymore. I have the week of Carlos. So I celebrate all things Carlos for a week. It's awesome. Everybody should do it. Why don't you just celebrate the whole lunar cycle or whatever? When you were born, whatever that cycle, wherever that cycle is, you should just no. follow it until it's back. You know? No, that's gluttonous. If you were born and there was a, a little bit of a moon, then celebrate until you know no. there's a little bit of a moon again. No, that's too much. That's I'm not a glutton, Sean. You know that. All right, all right. We're getting you off track. It, you cut it off. You cut it off in a week. I know. I was trying to get away from this sack and, uh, anniversary celebration crap. All right, but um, go ahead. Go ahead. All right. So because of the delay and everything, and then my wife's got a birthday coming up. So I was like, you know what? You know, we need to do something to celebrate this. I want to buy you a present. So. Um, I was going to buy her a necklace. And I'm not a jewelry oh, guy. I thought you were going to say I thought you were going to say you're going to buy her some dish towels because that's how you roll. <laughs> yeah, like I still think it's 1950. Yeah, right. Like sleeping with the enemy, like those towels are not lined up perfectly, so I'm not going to yeah, be happy yeah, tonight. Yeah. And by the way, here's and here's a nice new vacuum cleaner. Yeah, that's that's how you do it. <laughs> hey, we bought a new vacuum cleaner. That thing has changed our life. Oh my god, we hated the old one. Anyway, but that's that, that was do my You present. actually use it? Oh yeah. Do you actually use it? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you're fastidious. You 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 know you're fastidious. I like I like good tools. I like tools. Good tools make good work, Sean. That's that's I what I've come to appreciate. I would think that in your little lake your Lake St. Clair mansion, you had to <laughs> had a service. You well, know what I mean? when the butler doesn't come in, sometimes you got to do things yourself. So, you know. Okay, that's good. That's All right. Good. So can, how, when you vacuum, how are you dressed by the way? Uh, you I wear a hoodie. I wear shorts and a t-shirt. Okay. It's hot. So shorts, so not just boxers. It's it's aerobic. No, I'm wearing I'm wearing, I'm wearing okay. gym shorts. Yeah, okay. got to move around. Okay. Um. All right. So uh, I know you're I know you're trying to like not let me say this, but um. So no, anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, so I was I'm gonna buy. Go ahead. I was gonna <laughs> I was gonna buy her a necklace, and she surprised me and said, "I don't want a necklace," <clears throat> and she said, "I actually would want I'd like a watch," and we've talked about this before, and watches. 
are one of my big hobbies, one of my passions. I love watches. So I was very excited and I have been able to, we haven't gone you know, shopping and visited the stores yet, but I've been doing a lot of research and I really, and I told her like after a couple of days, I like, you know what, this is almost my present because I really enjoy this whole process of looking into things and, and looking at prices and quality and different brands and where you can get them. And it's funny, Sean, because the thing I thought about this was when I was young, um, my dad was a very um, pretty good negotiator when it came to like cars and different things. Um, and I always thought, ooh, I just don't want to negotiate. That seems like awkward or whatever. I've actually become a decent negotiator. I don't know if I, I don't love it, but I'm decent at it. And when you, in the watch business, the watch industry, whatever, you, it's like a, it's like buying a car, kind of like you have to sort of negotiate the price sometimes. So knowing, understanding the value of something beyond what you, you know, find intrinsically important or meaningful about the item is another thing. So there's a whole, a lot, a lot of layers to it. So I've really enjoyed the last week or so looking into this and, 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 and also that it's a meaningful thing and that she'll have this and it'll, you know, be a keepsake for our, uh, yeah, and also, and also, by the way, it's for her. But uh, no, no, no. But my favorite thing is really about how great a negotiator <laughs> I am. That is awesome. It's it's been a shared experience, man. I love it. It's it's been great. And yeah. I, she yeah, even said, I think you're enjoying this too much. <laughs> it sounds like a, it's too bad we're not doing this on video. I mean, it's obviously great we're not doing this on video. But if we were right now, it's it's too bad that people can't see the air quotes around the shared experience. You know what I mean? <laughs> they can imagine them. Yeah, they they can imagine. All right, what was yours? What was your favorite thing? I know you're excited. No, not, uh, no I'm not excited. It was more uh, subdued. But, Carlos, I don't know if you know this about me, but, um, you know, sometimes I get a little blue. You know what I mean? A little uh, ponderous, you know, that, that, that takes the governor down even more. And then my normal slow is, uh, you know, like maple syrup dripping out of a tree. And it's, <laughs> it's painful and brutal for everyone. And uh, I'm sorry that anybody ever has to be subjected to that. In any case, you know, I don't know if it's the winter. It's not necessarily seasonal with me like it is with some people. And every now and again, you get a little melancholy. And uh, I like to, at some point, try to kind of cook my way out of it, mm. if that makes any sense. Oh, yeah. And I have not cooked in a while. You know, I was laid up there for a bit with COVID. And and um, so I haven't really, yeah, I haven't really cooked much at all. Other than, you know, if you count putting a couple of pieces of slices in a toaster for some chicken salad. That's not really cooking, is it? In any case, sure yesterday, I decided that uh, I, I had a different podcast. Sorry, I don't mean to two-time you, Carlos. But, uh, you know. Oh, I know. Whatever. I know how it is. Yeah, crazy. So I had, I had to go j- jump on another podcast. I had a column to write. And I thought, you know what? Um, I'm going to run up to the store and get some, uh, some chuck roast and some vegetables and some other stuff. And I'm going to make a pot roast. Because it's like a five or six. It's usually about a six-hour so, you know, six-hour process or so. And I can do that while I can work. You know, you, you just have to brown it a couple. You, there's a little bit of work in the beginning, browning and some steps. But basically, you're braising it all day. So you just occasionally check it every hour. So it's a great thing to do while you're, while you're working. And I did that and um, remembered that I could still cook a little bit. And, uh, you know, the, the, the family seemed to enjoy it. So, so that helped a little bit. Look, I'm never going to stop being a, a, a depressive guy. <laughs> You know what I mean? I'm going to send you some vitamin D. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, our former editor, the great Gene Myers, once said to me that I was the happiest depressed guy I'd ever known. (laughs) (laughs) 
which, which is, man, which is uncomfortably true. I don't think of you that way. I do not think of you as a depressed or depressive guy that's, at all. I'm a melancholy guy, but that's because I'm not a negative person, and that and there's a difference. So I think a lot of people associate being kind of blue and melancholy of spirit with negativity, mm. and that's not necessarily the case. I'm not a negative person. By I'm I'm a hopeful person by and large. I mean, look, I'm doing the podcast with you. <laughs> That that reaffirms your faith in humanity more than anything, doesn't it? It does. It does. It does. It does. So no, no, no. It was just I like the uh, the tactile experiences of of cooking, and like a lot of people do with with whatever they do, they use their hands for it, fixing something, building something, making something. And um, I like the sounds that go. I like the sounds when you're searing. I like that the the sizzle and then the glazing and. And just building a layer after layer after layer of flavor into something that six hours later is really simple, but also really, really delicious. Oh, and yeah. uh, just kind of melts in your mouth a little bit, you know? So, there. Oh, that's great. That's great. I, I enjoy it. We, we've been cooking a little bit, too, and uh, you're absolutely right. It's therapeutic. makes the house smell good. You're, there's nothing bad about it. Yeah, I, I enjoyed, uh, I was thinking, you know, filling the house up, and I thought, you know, my 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 son was coming home for a bit, and I thought he's going to walk in. He's going to smell that. It's going to it's going to take him back, right? You know, he's going to think about because you know how foods and aromas can do that. You know, like what I mean? like there's a movie I think with a little mouse in it that I think that happened in, right? Y- yes. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll talk about ratatouille some other time. In the meantime, uh, you know, Tad has fallen asleep over there because we're not talking <laughs> about Formula One. And soccer, nothing against either of those those uh, endeavors. They're both great, you know, especially uh, especially soccer. By the way, should we should we plug the uh, free press restaurant of the year coming out as we've been getting ready? for We that? should the uh, the yeah, the restaurant of the year is coming out. Um, we just had the top ten restaurants, right? New restaurants? Is it new restaurants? It is relatively new. Um, new restaurants, or is it? Uh, Top ten best new restaurants. Yeah, yep. yeah. I thought it was best new restaurants. Yeah, and, and it all builds up to the uh, to the main one, right? Right. To the restaurant Whatever. of the year. God, we are so well informed, and we've done so so much. <laughs> well, I will so say it's homework. been it's been it's it's been every day. It's been uh, you know we've been bombarded with uh, with new restaurants and stories from Lindsay C. Green, our new restaurant writers, and a really great job. Uh, it's been hard to keep up with uh, with all the stuff that's been coming up, but it's I'm sure free readers have been reading it, so they they know. But um, but yeah, I think this weekend is going to be revealed, right? Restaurant of the year. It will, yeah, from our new, uh, well, relatively new food writer, right? It's really good, Lindsey Green, Lindsey C Green, Lindsey C Green. I think we say the C, right? If somebody has the C in their byline, do we? Um, well, we, we are. You didn't call Omari Sankofa the second. You just said Omari Sankofa. So you you kind of dissed him and his dad probably not calling him the second. Well, uh, you know, but I I wonder when you say junior, it's like if you add a yes, you're right because you, you're designating history with something at the end, right? And the, if it's something in the middle, you're designating a name. It's usually a letter for a name, whether it's right. a, give it, a given middle name, a, ch- a name you chose for yourself, you know, somebody else's name, a, a maiden name, whatever. But uh, but yeah, no, so. Anyway, we, we need to get her on this podcast, by the way, right? Oh, very Maybe soon. we can even get her on. Ne- yeah, maybe we can get her on next week. We'll see. If we can't, we will still talk about uh, some of the restaurants. Oh, absolutely. I want to talk. Uh, I definitely want to talk about one of them for sure. So we will next week for okay, sure. I'm, one way yeah, or the yeah, other. No, no. 
Yeah, no, that, that, that'd be great. Hopefully Tad can make that happen and spend a little less time watching Formula One, you know? <laughs> what do you think? He's got to come Carlos, up. He's got to come up with the honorarium money to get to get the guests. I think the the till's a little low, Sean. Okay, you're, you're right. Good point. Well, listen. Uh, again, it's uh, it's been great. I appreciate it. How much do I owe you for this uh, therapy session? Um, you owe me some um, some pot roast and some fried chicken. Okay, yeah, both healthy choices. <laughs> I'll work them off. So, all right, that's enough, man. I, again, uh, it's good to see you. It was fun as always. Uh, next week we will. Yeah, we'll get into Stafford's legacy, and hopefully we can have uh, we can have some good food talk, restaurant of the year talk, and some uh, who knows, probably not more Harbaugh talk. Is that okay with you? Probably not, unless he gets another uh, another job offer somewhere. That's true because there still are openings out there. So I guess I guess you never know. In any case, uh, thank you, Carlos. Uh, we also want to thank uh, the listeners out there for taking some time to join us uh, out of their busy, busy lives. We want to um, thank, okay, here we go, Anjanette Delgado, our executive producer, Kirkland Crawford, the sports editor who also doubles as a a producer. Of course, the great Ted Davis who puts up with us and makes this all possible. And Peter Batia, the executive editor of the Free Press, uh, I guess who, you know, says it's okay for all of us to be here. If you like the show, like the podcast, uh, you can find us wherever you find your favorite podcast, Spotify, Apple. And once you get there, you know, take a minute and rate it. Tell us what you think. Give us some feedback. Uh, I'll stop talking. And probably Carlos needs to talk more. That's probably the main feedback we need to work on. But uh, in any case, thanks again. And we will see you all next week. Thanks.